And I realized I really had a belief, like, if you're aligned with your life purpose, it's supposed to be smooth and easy. And I realized, okay, maybe it's not supposed to be easy. And then, lo and behold, it kind of got easier. Welcome to A Congruent Life, where we share inspirational stories of authenticity and happiness. A Congruent Life is an interview project sharing the stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things, discovering their passions, and living authentic, amazing lives. Here's your host, Andy Gray. Hello, welcome to episode 46 of A Congruent Life. My name is Andy Gray, and thanks so much for joining us. A Congruent Life is all about authenticity, and in particular, we share stories of reinvention, people who have the wherewithal to reevaluate what they're doing with their lives and go forward in a way that is more congruent to them. Today, I'm talking with Lydia Smith, who walked the Camino de Santiago and made a compelling documentary film called Walking the Camino. I'm talking today to Lydia Smith, who is the director and producer of a documentary called Walking the Camino. Lydia, welcome to A Congruent Life. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm glad that we were finally able to connect. I've been fascinated by your documentary and uh, definitely wanted to connect with you. And then it turns out that we have some mutual friends, uh, including Ken Streeter, who was a previous guest on the show. Uh, and he strongly suggested that we get in touch and talk. And I'm glad that we're able to do it today. So you actually had heard about it before uh, talking to, to Ken then? I had actually, yes. Some friends of mine and my sons and I are actually planning to walk the Camino this fall. And so as we've been preparing for this, we discovered your documentary. And some of my friends um, actually had seen the, the documentary, traveled to Portland to watch it. Mm. And uh, so we've been kind of swirling around, I guess, we're trying to get you to come to Bend and, and show the documentary here. And, yeah. and then all of a sudden, there's a connection in another way through Ken. So it was quite delightful. Yeah, we were trying to get it to Bend, but it, it kind of got a little complicated. But pretty soon in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be uh, joining forces with an organization that so we can um, do screenings on demand. So I'm sure we'll be able to uh, get some in, in Bend going. That's excellent. Glad to hear that. Well, before we get too far down that road, uh, why don't we back up a little bit and just can you introduce yourself to our audience? Well, my name is Lydia Smith. And uh, five years ago, I actually, well, six years ago, I walked the Camino de Santiago, which is a ancient pilgrimage in northern Spain. Um, the section I did is called the Camino Frances, which goes from the border of France and Spain all the way across northern Spain to the city of Santiago de Compostela. And after doing it, I was just really compelled and called to make a documentary. And so I went back the next year, filmed about 300 hours of footage, and then spent the following four years raising money and preparing for the edit, and then a year and a half of editing. And um, finally, we premiered the film in April of... Um, 2013. Um, we were in 13 film festivals, uh, either won an award or sold out at all of them. So that was pretty great. Wow. And we are now um, embarking on a cross-country tour 
opening the film in different cities and um i have an rv and i'm appearing at the opening night in different cities and kind of crossing the country i mean this is usually obviously a studio will has a lot of money and they can you know open in 20 cities at once but since we're doing it on our own essentially the the funds uh, to do outreach and pr- do the next screening comes from the last one. So we, we kind of have to do one at a time. We can't afford to open in tons of cities at once. Sure. So from a personal level, can you talk a little bit about your own decision to walk the Camino? Why, why did you want to go do something as crazy as walk across <laughs> Europe? Well, it was an um, interesting stage in my life. I was engaged to be married. And it wasn't the right fit. And that became very clear. And so when my ex and I broke up, I found myself, I had all my stuff in storage. And I was sort of in between jobs and in between homes and relationships. And to be honest, I I did feel sorry for myself for a little bit. And then I realized that I should take advantage of not having any of those things. And I had lived in Spain for about six years. So I always kind of knew about the Camino and so it just sort of dawned on me, like, I need to go do the Camino. So off I went and fell in love with it and um, then decided to do the documentary. What would you say were some of the lessons that you learned from walking the Camino from a personal level? There's a saying on the Camino that, um, you know, your real Camino starts when you get home. Um, and that was definitely the case for me, that my biggest lessons um, in walking the Camino, but in, for me, the Camino really is also my film was really learning how to trust myself and to trust my intuition, um, and really let my intuition guide me. And that's the Camino is just such a metaphor for life. I mean, so often people walking, you get the hit like, Oh, I should stay here or, or I should go on. And it's kind of the same thing in life. Like, yes, I should work with this person or, and I don't have a good feeling about this place. I should keep going or whatever it is. And so did you have a background in in film before you walked the Camino? And, and that's maybe part of connecting the dots between your own journey and making a film about it? Yeah, I've pretty much worked in the film business all my working life and worked a lot in documentaries, produced quite a few. Um, I've only directed a handful, um, and there were mostly shorter ones, um, one educational short um, and then a couple other uh, kind of corporate videos that I directed so this was my feature length um, directorial de- debut, but I have produced a lot. So I had a lot of experience and it was kind of funny. It was sort of one of those things where it felt like everything, all the experiences I'd had had really sort of fell into place to prepare me to make this film. So why was it that you wanted to make the documentary? You know, what, uh, what was it about your experience that compelled you to share the story in a a different kind of way you know it was really um how would I say this it was really sort of I kind of felt like it was just what I was supposed to do and the the Camino is just so magical and amazing and I think people get so much out of it that I um I just really wanted to share that with people and my intention in making the film what really wasn't about trying to inspire everybody to do the 
the Camino, but it was really much more that anyone anywhere could get some of the magic of the Camino just through watching the film or that was my, that's my hope. And it does seem like that it, it does happen. Like people definitely have told me they feel almost as if they've walked it and, you know, they feel more inspired and more connected to themselves and to what they're, they're kind of meant to do in this life. Yeah. We can experience pilgrimages in so many different ways that this is a very concrete and, and physical way of doing that. But I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of inspiration for others, you know, through telling the stories of the individuals in the documentary. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many different, everybody has a different lesson. Um, it's, you know, not just one lesson, it, it, but everybody gets something different about, out of it. And I think that's what makes the Camino so special in my mind is that, you know, it's, there's not just one way to do it or one focus. It's, it's really, you get what you need out of it. And I think there's a, a man, um, Kurt Kuntz that wrote a book called a million steps. And for him, his main lesson, um, was really about letting go. And, you know, that wasn't mine at all. Um, so, you know, for each person, it's, it's, it's very individual. Can you tell us a little bit about the folks that you chose to feature in the film and, and why you chose to include them? Well, the first person, um, the first pilgrim was Annie O'Neill. Um, and she, um, I've known Annie for quite a while. And when she found out I was doing this documentary, she just immediately was called and said, I want to be part of it. I want to do it. And, and I knew, um, I really wanted the Camino to cast the film, but I did know I needed at least one person essentially to film the first day, but also I needed somebody I knew that would be really open and show what was going on on the insides. Um, and she was really quite courageous. I mean, she really, it was, there was a, it was a pretty challenging, um, road for her and, um, she was completely open and vulnerable and, um, really amazing in that way. Um, and then let's see, uh, then there was, um, Jack and Wayne who two gentlemen from, um, from Canada, one in his sixties and one in his seventies, Wayne had lost his wife a couple years before. Um, and his friend Jack is Episcopal priest and always wanted to do the Camino. He was very into medieval history. Um, and then there was Tomas. Tomas, I think, was 30 at the time that we shot. Uh, he was um, port from Portugal, but he had gone to an American school, so his English was great. And for him, the Camino was really just a big adventure. He was sort of on the fence of learning how to kite surf or go walk the Camino. And um, it was really about the challenge of of walking 500 miles. Um, and then let's see. Um, then there was Sam. Uh, Sam is half British, half, um, uh, Brazilian. And she, her life was just a total mess. Uh, she had been in a relationship with an alcoholic. She had just gotten fired from her job and she was diagnosed as, um, uh, I guess, depre uh, depressive, and she was on medication, and 
she just really wanted to start her life over. And um, she gave up all the medication and was really uh, committed to to re to changing her own body chemistry through walking. And I guess it worked. Um, and so her story is pretty dramatic. Uh, let's see. And then there was Misa. Misa was from Denmark and she was going on the Camino mostly just to be alone and learn how to be with herself. And within the first week she met a guy and, uh, you'll have to see the movie to see what happens there. <laughs> And then, then let's see. Oh, Tatiana uh, was from France, uh, and she was traveling with her three-year-old son as well as her brother. And uh, there was uh, quite a. It was quite challenging, I think, for her traveling not only with her son but her brother. So yeah, we have quite a wide cast of characters. Why did you choose those specific folks? I mean, did you have a, a sense of the stories that you wanted to tell or were there particular reasons that you were drawn to these people? Well, we actually shot about 15 people and cause you, it's one of those things in documentaries, you never know for sure who's going to have the interesting story and who's not or who might drop out or what's going to happen. And there were, we had a lot of other really fantastic characters but just sort of in figuring out the jigsaw of how many people and what was the best number and um, what length of stories, these were the characters that really had the strongest stories and bigger stories. We had characters that had smaller stories, but we felt like it made more sense to have six main stories rather than 10 smaller stories or just shorter little bits. It would have been a little bit... Um, hard to navigate that many people as it is six is a lot so what was the process like for you then after you walked the camino and you trusted your intuition that hey this is something i need to go do but then there was a a lot of work to be done at that point to embark on this journey to as you say shoot and then edit and and now promote the film what's your journey been like through that in trusting your intuition and then the persistence of seeing the project through you know, it's it's really been like a roller coaster. It's been at times incredibly fulfilling and and wonderful. I mean, it sounds funny to say, but I really do feel like part of the reason I was born was to make this film. Like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And at the same time, uh, you know, it's been one of the most challenging things I've ever done in my life and it's been really, really hard. <laughs> it's been, um, and sometimes I, even just today, I was just thinking like, why am I doing this? What am I, why, why did I bite off so much? Um, and so it's kind of both at the same time. And I think that's one of the w things I've been learning is really just how to kind of go with the flow and go, okay, this is where I'm, what I'm guided to do. And maybe it's not supposed to be easy. That was a big learning for me was realizing that I had this belief that if you're aligned with your life purpose, it's supposed to be easy. And I realized uh, I work with a practitioner. I'm a spiritual practitioner and I, I work with one as well to kind of look at what beliefs I have and how that's creating my experiences in my life. 
And I realized I really had a belief like if you're aligned with your your life purpose, it's supposed to be smooth and easy. And and what really inspired me was thinking about Martin Luther King and what an amazing man he was and how much he changed the world. And it was really not an easy path for him at all. And so that once I kind of realized that, then that really shifted things. And I realized, okay, maybe it's not supposed to be easy. And and then ironically enough, lo and behold, it kind of got easier. And, you know, to be honest, too, it's like here I am embarking. I'm on day three of this big RV tour and I'm committed to I don't even know how many cities, um, 15 cities between now and um, April. And a part of me is like, oh, my God, what am I doing? But at the same time, I, I, I realize, you know, that's just part of the process of, you know, it's a change and change sometimes is a little stressful in the beginning and, you know, knowing it's a completely understandable. So I, I feel like I, I spent a lot of time kind of parenting myself going, okay, it's understandable, <laughs> but it's all part of the process, I guess. Yeah, that's a really great observation, I think, about sort of embracing the fact that it's not easy. Like you said, you know, we, we do have sort of have this illusion that's like, well, if everything's lined up, then it's just going to flow. And sometimes that's not really the case. Yeah. And and also, I think that's been a big part of my learning in this process is that I am capable of so much more. And simultaneously, also learning to really try and do my best to take good care of myself and not push myself to the brink, uh, which I've, I can do sometimes. Mm. Um, it was actually, it was kind of a sort of running joke, but it was half serious when I finished the film in April and then, uh, we had a, a screening in, in Santiago de Compostela and we were having all these people come from, that it helped make the film and it was this big event and there were some technical issues and I was just stressed beyond belief. And it was, Annie was joking, kind of going, okay, what am I going to tell people that the director of the spiritual documentaries had a nervous breakdown? <laughs> and it was like, okay, you know, it, but sometimes it gets like that. And I think it's really for everyone, probably it really is about self care. You know, what am I doing? to take care of myself and, you know, how do I move forward with this project and really make sure it's sustainable. Not an easy thing to do at all. You know, that, that leads really nicely into why I wanted to have you on the show, actually, which is, uh, you know, congruent life is all about exploring these themes of, of authenticity and living congruently. So what would you say that living authentically or congruently means to you? I think listening to yourself and your own intuition rather than the thought of what you should be doing or what those the influences of society of your parents or of anyone really outside yourself of those shoulds uh and i think it's so much authenticity is is being true to yourself and what you're here to do because each of us has a different path and if we're imitating somebody else then most likely we're not being true to our who we are and that's the thing that I'm realizing with this film 
is this film is very different than any other film that's out there. And we don't fit in the box. That's why it was really hard. It was challenging to get money from traditional sources is it's a different kind of film. And simultaneously, that's one of the reasons I think we've been so successful with with audiences is because it is different and I think people want something different. But it's been this challenge of going down a path that hasn't been blazed yet. That it's it's like the first person trudging through the snow. The first person it's a little possibly a little bit more challenging than like the eighth person when the snow's been packed down. So sometimes we have to know like okay it's my turn to be the trailblazer or maybe it's not maybe you know you can follow in the footsteps of somebody else but the way I made the film the way I'm distributing the film is pretty much unlike any other film that's come before and learning to trust that so you finished the film last spring, so coming up on a year now. Do you have some favorite stories to share maybe of the impact that the film has had as you've interacted with audiences and, and viewers that have seen the film? Well, it's just been so fulfilling for me how much people enjoy it and how much people that have walked, how much it means to them. Um, it's my only regret with the film was I didn't, I wasn't really able to include anything about what happens after you do the Camino. And for a lot of people, it can be a quite a challenging time. And I know so many, so many people, so many pilgrims that have walked have told me how much it means to them to have the film. And that was one of my many intentions in making the film was that so if you if somebody had walked, they were able to show the film to their friends, to their family, and say, this is what I did. Because you get home from doing the Camino, and people are like, how was it? And there's just no words. There's no way to explain this incredibly complex, magical experience. And that's what I was trying to do with the film. So that's been really satisfying. The other thing that's been really satisfying is just how much how how much people come together to help um help each other in preparing for the pilgrimage or help the film and volunteering so much about the camino is service and the cycle of giving and receiving and i feel incredibly grateful that that my film is about that and that's been calling people forth. Um, and I've learned how to receive and to accept help from pilgrims in so many different ways. And I think um, hearing from people in that way has been really gratifying as well. And it's just really nice for me to see that it does resonate with people. Sometimes it, it felt like because it's taken me so long to make the film, it felt a bit like jumping off a, a cliff and going into free fall for five years, not knowing if it was going to resonate with people or not. Um, and I do have a lot of people that feel inspired to do the Camino after watching it, but that wasn't necessarily really my intention. It was really to inspire people to do whatever their Camino may be. 
to be more in line with aligned with themselves and with their own lives, however that may manifest. So Lydia, what do you want your own legacy or spiritual footprint in the world to be? And, and how is this film part of that? Hmm. That's a wonderful question. I think my spiritual legacy that I would love to leave would really be about letting go of judgment. And that's, something I think that many of us learn on the Camino, that there really isn't a right way or a wrong way. It's really about each of us finding the best way that works for us. And to let go of my way's better than your way, you have to do it my way. And that I'm hoping that really the film really kind of opens up people to that a little bit more and also I think there's there's a line in the film that I was just so insistent that had to be in there and my editor and I had to kind of really work hard to make it work and it does work and I'm really happy with it but um, Tonio uh, this older well not really older he was 50 Mexican man said to Sam, who's kind of struggling with her life and where to go and what to do. And, and he said, I really think we have all the answers within us. It's just making time for them to emerge. And that's something I hope can be my legacy of, you know, people really learning to spend time with themselves, to allow their own inner wisdom rather than relying on, on, outside sources to tell them what's right or what's wrong for them. So what's next for you, Lydia? You've got the film completed. You're tooling around the country in an RV now. Well, the first leg of the tour goes through April and then I'm flying back to Portland for a couple of weeks. Uh, and then I'll be going back out on the road, I think. Uh, and pretty much, so I probably have another year, year and a half of, of working on distributing the film. And after that is a vacation, mm. <laughs> definitely a vacation. Actually, one of the things I really want to do is walk from Le Puy. There's a, uh, there's four main routes that go through France. Um, and one of them starts in Le Puy. And I can't tell you why Le Puy, that just is what calls me. And I'm really looking forward to walking a thousand miles someday. How can our listeners engage with you, Lydia? Well, we have two main ways, uh, our website, which is CaminoDocumentary.org, and then um, The Camino Documentary is our Facebook page. We also, um, uh, one of my outreach coordinators, who's also a pilgrim, um, she's doing our Twitter, which is Camino Doc, and I'm getting slowly up to speed on Instagram, which is uh, Camino Tour 2014. But the best way right now is uh, is Facebook. For example, one of the things I'm doing every day is taking a picture from the door of the RV so people can see what my view is each morning. Uh, yesterday, it was we were in Calistoga, and uh, we were just kind of parked behind this big building. And so half the half the shot is just this kind of ugly fence with a, a pretty mountain behind us. <laughs> but... So that's, um, <clears throat> but on both our Facebook and website, you can see our, our tour schedule and uh, where the film's going to be. There's, the film's also showing in different theaters that's not on the tour. 
like we have a, a showing in Canada coming up soon and then in Alaska next week. And um, we are still playing, for example, in San Rafael, California. Uh, I think we're going on week 12 there. We premiered in San Rafael December 6th. So, and Seattle was another big one. We were just open in Seattle a couple of weeks ago and we're still running strong there at the SIF Uptown. So, yeah, lots, lots of different screenings happening. And I said, too, if people want the film to come to their area, just to sign up for our email updates. And we will be letting people know in the next couple of weeks how they can bring the film to their, to their community. Excellent. Yeah, and I did want to mention, I mean, some people have been kind of upset that we haven't had the DVD available but one of the things that I want people to know is that for me, I really want people to get the most out of the film they can. And the best way to do that is on the big screen for a couple of reasons, because you really get more of a sense of being on the Camino when it's a huge screen rather than a little teeny computer screen. And also, too, you can kind of get more connected to yourself and to the movie when you're in a dark room rather than watching it at home and the phone's ringing and the dog's barking and, you know, there's so many more different distractions, whereas you can really kind of get more connected in a, in a movie theater and we can't release it on DVD and expect theaters to take us Sure. because obviously if somebody can buy the DVD, they're less likely to go to the movie theater. But I really feel strongly that, I want people, as many people to get the chance to see it on the big screen as possible. So that's why our um, DVD won't be released for probably quite a while, at least until um, much later in the year. Is there a final thought that you'd like to leave our listeners with about authenticity? You know, the first thing that just comes to mind is, it, it, I don't know why the connection, I mean, it just was what came to mind was, about nature. I know for me, the one of the things that brings me back to myself and my most authentic self is being in nature. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess, you know, that's one of those things like for everybody, it's, it's different. So I guess that's the, that's the journey, isn't it? Finding what brings us back to ourselves and to who we really are. That is indeed the journey. Yeah. Well, Lydia Smith, thanks so much for sharing the gift of your film with the world. And thanks for sharing this time with us on A Congruent Life. Well, thank you for having me. Good to talk to you, Andy. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Lydia Smith. The show notes for this episode are at acongruentlife.net slash 46 or acongruentlife.net slash smith, which is S-M-I-T-H. Thanks to A Congruent Life listener Beth, who is organizing a trip on the Camino this fall and originally made me aware of the Walking the Camino documentary, and to Ken Streeter, who appeared on A Congruent Life episode 28 and suggested that Lydia would be a great match for the show. Big thanks also to those that have been leaving reviews for the show on iTunes and Stitcher. That's a really helpful way to support the show and help others discover it. The latest five-star review comes from Jill Morton, who says that A Congruent Life has quickly become my favorite podcast. Thanks so much, Jill. Please take a quick moment to leave a review for the show at acongruentlife.net slash iTunes or acongruentlife.net slash Stitcher. Thanks so much. Once again, thanks for listening to A Congruent Life. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to A Congruent Life. For more, please visit us on the web at acongruentlife.net.
Do you have feedback about the show or suggestions for future guests? Please contact us through the website or send an email to feedback at a congruent life.net. See you next time.